on an all-new Buffy. What's wrong with you? I'm more powerful than I've ever been. A force grows within Riley. Riley's in trouble. One that Buffy cannot trust. This feeling is going to kill you. This is my deal, Buffy. Back off. Or control. Riley! An all-new Buffy. <laughs> Welcome to Reliable Dog Geyser Person, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 5, Episode 4, Out of My Mind. So we'll be talking about plot, we'll also be talking about characters, and hey, we'll maybe be talking about the many assassination attempts of Fidel Castro. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, every episode after it, the comic books, and possibly even other shows or movies. Now, everyone, ready? It's almost time to commence the bloody backstroke. Welcome back, everyone. It is feels like it's been in many eternities since the replacement. Stacia, my one co-host, say hello. It's just been many fires. Oh, yeah. That's, that's really true. <laughs> Too many fires. Daniel, the other co-host, say hello. This place looks great. I feel like a podcaster in a podcast shop. Oh, that's nice. And my name is Kelly. I'm the other person in the podcast shop today. Um, and we're here to talk about Out of My Mind, Season 5, Episode 4. Do you know when it originally aired? Well, I'll tell you. October 17th of the year 2000. Written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner. This is the first time she's written for the show. Uh, mm. She will go on to do seven more. One of the standouts, including Tabula Rasa, easily one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but prior to this, actually, no, not prior to this, contemporary to this she wrote a couple episodes or at least one of freaks and geeks and then would go on to write some episodes for gilmore girls and then was the executive and executive producer and showrunner for 90210 when they brought that back on the cw so welcome aboard rebecca rand kirshner uh directed by do a sound effect for welcome aboard like a choo-choo type of thing no, welcome or, aboard would be a ship thing i know right? but like a brum, brum, maybe a tugboat oh, so thing yeah, that. yeah i didn't know welcome sure. aboard welcome aboard why not we do the Fall here's on. a new challenger so we need a yes there's just one more thing we need to do before we take off and that's say all aboard so on three one two three all aboard. Aboard. Not, not appropriate yes directed by david grossman uh and i actually realized that i incorrectly credited david solomon for the real me it's david grossman he's the one who directed it i don't know why in my notes when i looked back i was like oh anyway david grossman wrote this episode or wrote directed this episode and directed real me so that was the last one he did and the next one who will do will be tough love what happened in this episode oh yeah it's all about riley and joyce joyce has important too uh i mean so uh, going beat by beat doesn't make any sense here's what happened uh, Riley's heart was going to explode, but then it didn't because Graham came back and said, hey, the government can fix you. We conveniently have a doctor at the hospital, Sunnydale. You know, like, he, he could just do this. Oh, wait, but wait, Spike captured the doctor. Oh, no, Spike's going to get his chip removed. Oh, that didn't actually happen at all. Nothing really matters. Riley's fine. But, B story, Joyce collapses in the middle of making breakfast for Dawn. She just, well, I guess breakfast was done. In the middle of handing breakfast to Dawn. Uh, falls down before saying, or after saying, who are you? That is a burnt omelet. It, it looks like a pancake. I mean, it was definitely, she well, said it was an omelet, but it could be a pancake. I mean, I mean, those are definitely like diced peppers falling out. She it probably did a make a pancake. pancake with peppers with on it. <laughs> called it an omelet and yeah. then collapsed. Let's it's not actually even peppers. It's like the gummy bits that go in a fruitcake. Oh, it's a, no. it's a pancake fruit. with candy fruit in it. There you go. 
And yeah, she was just totally fine with the sugar bombs like going all over the place. It's like, yeah, I'll just give you this crap that I'm cooking because I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. You're a good mom. I'm the best. Uh, save your sass for Joyce. Save it. Okay? Because she had to go to the hospital. Joyce is not okay. Uh, oh, yeah, and there's like a rift between Riley and Buffy. Who cares? I mean, that is the whole episode. So it... Yep. That's yep. it. <laughs> yep. That's, that's all I got there. Uh, so a couple of firsts, actually, in this for a while. Uh, for the first time in a while. First for the first time. We meet Ben. Excuse ben me, Glory. what? Glorious Ben. Where? When? How? When they go to the doctor. What? Are you kidding? When, when Joyce collapses, Buffy comes to the hospital to meet Don because Don's been at the hospital. I don't him. remember Ben. That's oh, how so we find the out. The intern. Yeah, yeah. The intern. Ben. Yeah. But, but that's glorious Ben. Yeah, ben yeah. is glory. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. That clarifies a whole lot because I that was my first freak out of this episode. Which yeah. was like. The person on the other side of Don. Oh, I get it. Is Ben. I get it. Oh, I've just arrived at the, at the hospital. <laughs> hey, Don, are you okay? Your mom's okay, too. Hi. I'm nobody. I'm just here to talk. I was so furious. <laughs> At, like, why were you waiting in the wings? But now it makes total sense. That's yeah. not a real person. He's just sitting over there waiting for Buffy to show up and then interject immediately awkwardly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except he's not waiting for Buffy. It's not a predatory thing. Ben does, has no idea Fair enough. who she is. And, no, I get it. Yeah. Well, if that's true, then what the fuck, Ben? Yeah. Go to work. And Gloria has no idea what Ben does in a day. They both have like a oh. uh, amnesia kind of, they, they just, their body is taken over completely. So he doesn't share her memories until the very end when stuff starts going a little haywire and things are. Can boring. I, can I be honest here? Ben is glory. Glory has been very funny. It's a funny riff we have. I know what glory looks like, but I don't know who Ben ever was. <laughs> I just assumed Ben was no one. It's, and it's and like, really... I know that she like takes on a corporeal form. I thought it was just a guy we'll meet as we meet glory, Mm-mm. like for one second. And then I was like, oh, that's a funny joke that we have. But no, I, I don't remember Ben at all. In retrospect, okay. it's really cool that they do that. Because I don't know if I remember, if you would have asked me if we meet Ben or Glory first, I think I would have said Glory. Mm. But that's a cool little throwaway because we don't meet Glory until the next episode. Oh, really? So, like, wow. it's pretty neat that Ben was Thank God for this him. podcast. I wouldn't know. <laughs> wow. That blows my mind. Buffy, what are you doing here? My job. I live here. Okay, revelatory first. That, that was nice. Uh, first time, I, I, I don't know. We can debate this. First time that Joyce's health issue is seen on screen. Although, in Real Me, we get this must be my teenage daughter headache. Mm. So, I don't know if you count that. And this is the first time she's hospitalized for sure. So, we know it's actually a thing versus people get headaches, yo. Doesn't necessarily mean you're having an Put the tinfoil hat on, Kelly. I told you this before, but the monks gave her an aneurysm. (laughs) She died because she knew the truth. (laughs) She doesn't say, who are you? It is half a joke. It's half a joke, but I do genuinely think that, like, something happened with Joyce and she is dead because of what happened with Dawn. And maybe that makes forever even more epic Mm -hmm. because I always like really, really sad about everything Trachtenberg does in that episode. That is just so iconically great. And if she is the cause in a way of Joyce's death, I mean, not a cause in a way, right? She was created by the monks or whatever, but you know, her creation, that's guilt. She feels that guilt. It's good. I love it even more. I, I really love that take. And we don't really explore it other than when Buffy's trying to figure out what's making uh, Joyce sick. She's, she's trying to see if there's a mystical cause. That's how she finds out Don is the key to begin with. Mm. Um, but we, we don't go past that. But I like it. I, and I think it's totally reasonable to say these monks fucked with her brain and then her brain was not okay after it. She and could I only hold really... a gallery in her head. And they really <laughs> misjudged what she could do. That's why she's making a pancake. Usually she's a competent enough mom. 
Just have another drink. Don't you talk to me that way. Do you think it was the stress of trying to take care of two children that did her in? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, probably. <laughs> oh it might have been. She the, could uh, barely handle Buffy alone. Right. Yeah. And or then whatever. she got a kid she actually cared about. Oh, no. <laughs> she can deal with it. Or what was the gallery she had? The Ardia Gallery or whatever the, the oh, artist was or whatever. Yeah. It might have been that, too. Well, honey, I've got the Gurian showing tonight. And there's so much to do to get the gallery ready. Another first. And again, we can debate this. Uh, Spike's concrete feelings for Buffy. We, like, the dream, okay, you could kind of wash that away, but it's clear, and I think that it's kind of been hinted at that they have, like, a kind of a flirty thing, a little bit, at least from his side, but... Definitely from his side. Yeah. But it's real, y'all. Spuffy's real, and it's gonna happen, whether we want it or not. Not. Behind the counter of the magic box, there are some fun little ingredients. Supposedly, I couldn't really see it even in the HD version, but I was not looking for it, so... But there's some jars of stuff, and some of the labels say Boreanaz beads, oh, come on. charisma charms, and Tony's heads. So nice. that's cute. Oh, that's fun. That's that cute. is cute. Oh, first time we see the training room, the new and improved training room. Or I guess mm. not new and improved, the first time existing ever training room with the symbols. I went a little nuts. I was like, those symbols that you see on the walls and the floor, not from this angle, but... Um, they're there the whole time and they've been there from the beginning and they've never talked about and I can't find anything on any of the Buffy boards. A lot of people have asked the questions, what do they mean? We can only just assume that they're just like general focusing or protection spells. Who fucking knows? But considering how often she gets attacked in that training room, they don't work super great. <laughs> but maybe maybe that's why she doesn't die in the training room. Who knows? Anyway, did you know that Katie Holmes was cast originally as Buffy. I'm sure one of many, but like she was up for the role but turned it down so she could finish her last year of school before doing Dawson's Creek. I bring that up because Yeah, I gotcha. I understand the pacey part, but like wow, this is some episode one stuff. That's an episode one fun. I know. I know. Where was I? I've never heard that before. So I don't know. Source is unverified. I've never heard that she was up for it. Seems like a strange pick, but what I passed. Ever. I don't really care about any of the things I just said. You know what I do care about? Fidel Castro. Daniel, Dawn said something that I've never heard before in my life, that the American government interferes with the governments of other countries. One, mind blown. Two, that we tried to kill Castro by putting itching powder in his beard, tried to drive him crazy. What? Did you know that one time the CIA tried to kill Fidel Castro with a poisonous aspirin? Dawn, please. I I know I have to do something. I just don't know what. Another time the CIA... Dawn. It's important. Tried to make Castro go crazy by putting itching powder in his beard. It's about the government. The reason why we know all of this stuff was 1975. There was a church committee after Watergate. We obviously we all were like, Richard Nixon, you're a crook. Hey, maybe everything else is a lie. So they looked into all this kind of stuff and the church committee uh, found that the CIA had engaged in assassinations and regime changes. Obviously, today, 40 years, 50 years later, we're like, that's we know all of this stuff. But we know it because of that. Um, At the time, they had a plausible deniability. They just lied about everything. They got away with it. The Pentagon Papers definitely showed that Vietnam was a lie. And then the church committee was like, yeah, not just Vietnam, but everything. Um, So they they interfered with all kinds of places. And Eisenhower um, produced a doctrine after the war that was we will intervene in any country that is threatened by communism. So nice. it was a nice, like, we'll just, we're just going to fuck around. It's fine. <laughs> and, begin, and because they had secrecy and we were a world power and we won World War II, like, we could just do whatever we wanted. So the 50s and the 60s were, like, prime time. Uh, so we invaded Korea, the Korean War. Uh, these were regime changes that we enacted. Korea, 
Egypt, Iran, Cuba, which we'll talk about in a minute, the Philippines, Guatemala, Paraguay, Syria, Indonesia, Lebanon, South Vietnam, including the assassination of President Diem there, which led to the Vietnam War in the 70s, uh, Iraq, the Democratic Republic of Congo in the 1960s with the assassination of Patrice Lumumba, uh, Laos over and over again. We <laughs> fucked with Laos in the 60s all the time. Dominican Republic all the time, including the assassination of Rafael Trujillo, who was a terrible person and fine. Uh, but Brazil, Chile, Vietnam, obviously the Vietnam War and Cambodia. And then right before the church committee, we invaded Chile, Bolivia, Uruguay as part of a whole effort called Operation Condor to bring right wing governments that were favorable to the U.S. and U.S. business into Latin America. And then Ethiopia, which lasted until the 1990s, uh, but never Shit. didn't work because Ethiopia cannot be conquered. Um, the church committee said that they recommended a statute or a law or something against assassinations. They said, quote, um, and this is pretty rich, but uh, assassinations are, quote, incompatible with the American people, international order, order and morality. Uh, Gerald Ford instead signed an executive order, which we know can never be undone, uh, 11905, that stated, quote, no employee of the United States government shall engage in or conspire in political assassination. It was not specified what that term means. Targeted killings are very much a thing. An employee, I mean, it's like Uber drivers aren't employees of Uber, so we could just contract out our assassinations. Totally different, though. It's all fine. So after... 1975, nothing happened except that we went into Angola, Zaire, <laughs> Cambodia, <laughs> Afghanistan, the 1980s. We went to Poland, El Salvador, Chad, Nicaragua, Grenada, Burkina Faso, uh, Panama, the 90s. We went to Iraq, then Haiti, then Iraq, then Haiti. <laughs> Zaire, Rwanda genocide, we were there. Indonesia, the 2000s, Yugoslavia imploded. Venezuela, we tried to coup in 2002. Iraq war was the, probably the most famous in our lifetimes. Uh, Palestine, is, uh, Syria, Syria, Iran again and Honduras in 2009, and then currently um, we just did Libya in 2011 uh, during the uprisings in the Middle East, and then right now Yemen and Venezuela are currently being destabilized by the U.S., which brings us to Cuba. So Cuba, we have been trying to cop topple Cuba since 1959, since uh, Castro took over. Before Castro was there, very simply, it was a, a, a vassal state for the United States business interests. Right, because like all before that, it was all gangsters and stuff. Gang, yeah, go so there, Batista, right? who ran it before, um, so we fought a war in 1898, the Cuban-American, or the Spanish, what, what was it, Spanish-American War. So Spain controlled it in 1898. We took it over, everybody wanted it annexed, but politics at the time were kind of like anti-imperial. We didn't want to take it, so we didn't. It instead became a vassal for American business, and at this point, it was just a den of, like, gambling, prostitution. The mob was all over it. And obviously, the people were fed up. Castro was part of that. They fought. They won independence. And that was that. No, the United States was like, we hate this. We're not going to stand for it. So they tried their best to topple Castro. And Castro was not only just, like, fighting for his independence. He was also a charismatic person. And definitely um, a lot of people saw him as... A hero, you know, yeah, especially at the right. time, he was he was a, a freedom fighter in a in a in a world that was freeing itself, including Africa, especially that were shaking off the bonds of colonialism. So they were rightly scared of someone like him, especially ninety miles from uh, the United States. But anyways, we tried to kill him multiple times. Um, the Church Report said that we only tried about a dozen times. But uh, Fabian Escalante, who was the former counterintelligence officer for Cuba, said that it was 638 times that we tried to kill him. <laughs> oh, my God. And people think that it was JFK who had, like, a bugaboo about Castro, but it wasn't JFK. In fact, JFK was one of the lowest amounts 
um, of, of assassination attempts. He, his are definitely his were the heyday and the most creative, quote unquote, of ways of trying to kill him. But it was um, but it was later that we, I mean, we kept trying to kill him forever. Eisenhower had 38 attempts on his life. JFK only had 42. Lyndon Johnson had 72 attempts on his life. Uh, Nixon had 184. Carter at 64. Reagan had 197. George H.W. Bush had 16. And Clinton had 21. Wow. So we tried until 2000 when officially we stopped. And then 2007, they released all of all of the trove of like all the despicable shit that we tried to do. Um, so I don't think, well, he's dead now. So I don't think we're trying to kill him because <laughs> it happened. So how did we try to kill him though? Fun ways. So good old fashioned snipers during Bay of Pigs. If Bay of Pigs was a success, they would have assassinated him if he walked out of his, you know, compound, wherever he was. Eisenhower recruited the mafia. So the mafia were still there. Um, the mob was still there. The Chicago people were still there because Batista had just been removed from power. People kind of lied low. So these gambling syndicates that are constantly referenced in the documents are always trying to bring in guns, bring in anything they can to try to destabilize everything. So that's definitely something they tried to do in the early days. Um, There were multiple attempts to arm Cubans against Castro, um, mafia, or just the U.S. giving them to people in, like, Miami and trying Mm. to smuggle it in. Famously, cigars. um, They sent them poisoned cigars and exploding cigars. The exploding ones are perhaps a myth. But it's not really a myth. It's more um, the story is that they were brainstorming, quote-unquote, silly ideas. And this was one of them. So it was never actually something that happened. But it was on the he table. loves cigars. He loves yeah. cigars. What can you say? Uh, ballpoint pen with a hypodermic needle um, with, like, something called Black Leaf 40, which mm. is apparently, like, a nerve agent or whatever. Um, it never actually made it to Cuba. The guy, the agent who intercepted it, who was going to take it to Cuba, he said that this was impractical. And he was like, the design of this is shit. Like, he will never use this pen. It's terrible. You guys suck. But he was also given the pen on November 22nd, 1963, which is the day that JFK was assassinated. So that probably didn't help. And apparently he was given it at the same moment as the assassination. Tinfoil hats on, everybody. (laughs) What does it mean? What does it mean? Uh, Poison handkerchiefs were tried. Poison ice cream was tried. (laughs) Multiple femme fatales were tried, including one who got caught um, trying to put, you know, just pill, pills of all kinds to try to get him to drink a smoothie or mm. eat ice cream or whatever bullshit. It's always like, just here's poison. And, <laughs> and she she was caught doing it, and he gave her his gun and told her to shoot him um, if she wanted him dead, and she could not pull the trigger. Huh. Then they had sex. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's a plan to blow up Castro inside of Ernest Hemingway's museum in Cuba. Just blow up the entire building. And the absolute best one, which I like to imagine as a twofold, two and one, although they were separate, was a, a TB. Tuberculosis. In, tuberculosis infected scuba suit because he loved scuba diving. Sure. Um, oh, man. And then also putting a really brightly colored explosive conch shell. At the bottom of the ocean. So as he was scuba-ing and probably having trouble breathing, he was like, that's a beautiful conch. I must have it. I must go down. And as he picks it up, it explodes and he dies. (laughs) Uh, This was disregarded as, quote, um, quote, unquote, impractical. (laughs) But it wasn't just um, uh, killings. It was also more more so as he solidified power. Because you could only do this for a couple of years. Because if you kill him... The regime is going to continue on, right? It's like mm-hmm. we all want Donald Trump to die. Mike Pence will take over. It sucks. Right. 
Uh, but it was about character assassination. So the thing with the beard, I don't know about the itching powder, but there is something called thallium salts that they wanted to get on him in any way possible. They tried to put it in shoes, like underneath the soles of shoes and have him like somehow buy him or be given shoes. And if he and if you're exposed to that, your hair starts to fall out. Oh. So he was famous, obviously, for his beard. Right. So they wanted the beard to come off and for him to look you know, sickly. It makes you sick, um, not only losing your hair, but obviously that. Awesomely, they wanted to lace his radio studio with LSD so that as he was giving out a speech, he just started fucking getting high and people would be like, this guy is a loser, which like it sounds really dumb. One thing that didn't happen, um, but they were going to do was they were going to spread leaflets. They were going to fly over, drop leaflets from the air um, for everybody, um, for all the citizens of Cuba. They would pick it up and they would say, here's a bounty for it was Operation Bounty for here's seventy five thousand dollars for the killing of this lieutenant. Here's one hundred thousand dollars if you kill the second in command. Uh, if you kill Fidel Castro, two cents. And that was to show how much of a loser he was. We don't even care that Castro. Wow. Stupid Castro. We don't even care if he lives or dies. Only wow. two pennies for you if you kill that guy. But everybody else, um, they never did it because they were like, this is, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. Uh, but really what, what did work was um, they did, you know, Operation Mongoose, which were a bunch of terror attacks initiated by the JFK, assass- or JFK, assassinated, JFK um, administration. They sabotage infrastructure like railroads, bridges, molasses factories, power plants, sugar harvests. So this was basically a decade of just trying to fuck with them. And really the blockade itself, the blockade that we enacted in in 1959 until what, 2013, 2014? That's what crippled everything. I mean, the Cuban Missile Crisis, all that stuff really stemmed stemmed from it. But that was enough to really like isolate him geopolitically right. and make him you know it did everything they wanted to do because it made him look like a tin pot dictator over here in the corner in his little island so the last documented attempt on fidel's life was 2000 in panama they found explosive under, underneath a balcony that he was going to give a speech at um and then famously channel four in, in britain did a documentary called 638 ways to kill castro and then fidel castro died at 90 years old in 2016 november 2016 um but yeah i mean he's a giant of the 20th century it's it's wild that so what finally got know? him <laughs> i think he just died of just natural causes he's just yeah. old yeah. yeah it wasn't like a heart attack or no his his health had been declining mm. for years i think raul took over um his brother took over in like 2002 or something like that so he had he had basically just been on the sideline for a long time mm. but he just died of natural causes controversial figure but, i have like a vague memory of my uh spanish teacher when i was in elementary school having like a portrait of him Oh wow! I think or something. See, the, and the, but in America, the anti-Cubans, like I mean, because they all they left. A lot of them fled on boats to get to to America. So there's a huge contingent in Cuba or not in, in Cuba, Florida. In Florida, well, that's why we all. Yeah, but they hate Castro. That's the thing. They they are absolutely anti-Castro. And the widespread belief today is that JFK was assassinated by a combination of the mob, the CIA, and anti. Um, Castro Cubans hmm. who um, felt that JFK should have just invaded the country because we invaded everywhere else. Why didn't we invade Cuba? And so people were genuine, uh, Cubans especially in, in Florida were pissed that he hmm. didn't do it. So that's the general consensus today outside of all the crazy conspiracies hmm. is that I that's guess. who was operating. My Spanish teacher was not one of them. Well, see, that's crazy. Hmm. But anyways, that's, that's uh, I don't know, again, all of that for why is Don saying this? Except for the government is crazy, Riley should maybe fear it. More I get like it. Big I'm... Sister, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> for the lulls. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Uh, 
Man, could this be a history podcast? No. No, only history in the scope of Buffy 20 years ago. Speaking of Buffy 20 years ago, hey, what do you think about this episode, Stacia? Oh, this episode's such a slog. Riley's really hitting peak Riley. Yeah, we really have to, like, end Riley at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, and he's been so fine, and then it's just like, we're done. We're officially I mean, done. all of us have fallen into the trap of, maybe Riley wasn't, maybe not you. Not Stacia. <laughs> you and I have fallen into the trap of, was Riley actually that bad? Stacia's playing a long game. She knows. Yeah. I mean, Never if, fucking forget. Oh, that. no. I don't forget that he's terrible. Although, I do let that color early impressions of Riley, which is, he wasn't as bad as I remember him. But he then does become as bad as I remember yeah. him. And this is really like the beginning of the slide downwards. Yeah, the beginning of the end for sure. See, and if he walks away from this immediately after this episode and like was gone, then I would be very confused as to why I have bad feelings about him. So I'm like, is this it? I mean, is there more? He like he must still continue on his freak out, right? Mm-hmm. Or does he leave like tomorrow? No, no, it gets worse. Like, okay, he gets, so he just gets worse. Okay. He goes to this like weird vampire. Um, yes, he does. He does. I remember. Yes, yeah, yeah. and he's like a heroin addict yep. and the fucking. Okay, yep. gotcha. Yep, only gets worse. For okay, me. and that really centers everything but he'll be gone in three episodes oh okay wow so like yeah really fast but we had to we had to we just had to destroy him so he could leave so buffy could have dawn as her love interest quote unquote for the season i guess whatever daniel how did you how do you feel about this episode uh i thought our girl did a good job i wasn't as i wasn't super mad about the episode it did what it did, but I like the ones that kind of like we have to move this plot along and then we have a fun premise. There was no fun premise here. We're just like slogging slogging away yeah. with Riley and Sarah Michelle Geller, which like she should get an Emmy today, right now, mm. and an apology note as well. I, she's just so good. Like she can carry all of these episodes. I didn't mind watching it because she's so good. So uh, The Emmy should have created – the Emmy, the Emmys should have created a category specifically for, for this Sarah episode. Oh, for Or for Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. But, but a category that was uh, the longest almost cry in a television show. Lovely. How do you do that? Lovely. How do you hold the – she had tears in her eyes for a solid two and a half minutes. Would you rather take – crying. Would you take a Riley buff that conversation we just had or would you take In the Sewers with fucking Angel? Like, I would take Riley any day. I just really? think, I, yeah, I think that Riley, everything with Riley is his, he's so, such a crazy person uh, for no reason. He's punching fucking rocks in his thing. Like, I'm normal. Let me do this, Buffy. I'm a normal person. Punch rocks because I can't feel it. What are we doing? That it's, it's kind of funny. I, I like it. He's just such a weirdo all of a sudden and he doesn't make any sense. Whereas with Buffy and Angel, it's like this, fucking undying love that they have to keep fucking telling one another about and you're like shut the fuck up and I think if we're strictly speaking acting uh, Lucas is the way to go because he's a wall right that's just all we do are is re- it, he's a mirror I should say we're just reflecting back how good SMG is because mm-hmm. he's giving you nothing so Boreana's you know there's a little bit of a little <sighs> bit of back and forth with him it's just like Sarah Michelle Gellar is the only person in this scene Sorry, I think right? Lucas was okay I, I just don't have any problems with him I think he did fine I think that that he's supposed to be a wall, especially yeah. in this Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I take it back. Luke is fine. Riley's the worst. Every day you're just a little further out of my reach. You want to touch me? I'm right here. I'm not the one running away. Not yet. So you have this all figured out. I'm bailing because you're not in the super club. It's human nature. Don't psych 101 me. Not now. Not after everything that... 
nobody has ever known me the way you do. Nobody. I've opened up to you in ways that I've never opened up to. God, you're just sitting back there thinking that none of this means anything to me. I never said that. Because it obviously doesn't mean anything to you. Do you think so little of me? Buffy. No. No. Do you think that I spent the last year with you because you had superpowers? If that's what I wanted, then I'd be dating Spike. How do I feel about this episode? It's terrible. <clears throat> so, there's not a whole lot to talk about um, in this episode. It's, it's like, again, even with my plot description, it's hard to go beat by beat because there's not really a whole lot to it. It's mostly the Joyce thing is, is revelatory. Spike still exists. And Buffy and Riley, right? So I have I have a couple of questions, if we're just speaking chronologically. Because we open on the graveyard, and Buffy's like, what the fuck? I'm trying to do my job. Here yeah. comes these dumb boys messing up the joint. Damn boys. But they thought, you, I thought you were going to be the North Sector. What's the North Sector? I can't. Okay. Anyway. So, <laughs> sure, I have a question for you. Because you are our resident expert knitter. Knittress? <laughs> Whoa. Knittress. That's fine. What do you call one who knits? Knitter. Knitter. Right? Yeah. Nitrous. You think Riley was out knitting booties for your future offspring while Maggie was stringing you up? As a resident nitrous, Spike says twice in a the lady doth protest too much kind of way. He mentions, what am I supposed to do? Just sit around and knit cunning sweaters? And then again, I have knitting needles that Riley can borrow. I'm convinced now that Spike does knit. Do you agree? Sure. I like that image. Of Spike knitting sweaters. He's also from, what, how old is he? I mean, he might have, like, grown up with some knitting. uh, 187, something like that. Grown up with knitting. Well, I mean, like, you back in the day, you had to, like, really knit your clothes or, you know, right? Or is that more? Do you know that? Do you know when we started having, um, like, manufactured clothing? Like, like, uh, big sewing looms? That was around the late 19th century, right? When we had actual... I should know this. Victorian I mean, after the times. wars, like eighteen seventy, like the Lowell, whatever the the big Lowell, like um, big strike that happened then. That was like in the eighteen seventies. So like there were already factories with women that were seamstresses, right, mm-hmm. working with the big looms and stuff. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean that's so, just one. So loom, but loom technology has existed for a really long time on that grand scale. Not so much industrialized loom, not so much, but looms, which are not. That's like a way faster way to produce clothing, right? To c- produce cloth. Looms seem impossible. Yeah. They seem so big. I mean, there's looms that, like, indigenous people make that's literally just, like, you tie, like, a strap of leather around your waist, and then you loop string from okay. the strap to, like, a post, mm. and then you just weave on that. Right. That's funny. Um, So it doesn't need to be super complicated to make fabric. And but... stiltskin didn't he have a loom? No, he spun straw into gold, so he had a spinning wheel. Oh, sp- but do you see, th- have, what's the difference? <laughs> if spinning wheel to... makes string, oh. a loom makes string into fabric. Yes. So a loom is <laughs> the thing that makes like the classic crosshatch yeah. piece yeah, yeah, yeah. of fabric. I so, thought it was a spinning but, wheel. But, nope. Okay. <laughs> no. That's what I have in my head. No, All these spinning wheels. Just, like, behind spinning wheels. Which, like, again, this is why you're our resident nitrous. Yes, yes, Stitcher has a spinning that's wheel. That's true. I do. That's in the closet. Takes fluff. Maybe I have, but I... Fluff into yarn. Yeah. Gold. Straw into gold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Straw into nice. gold. That's where all the gold. That I mean, if you have yeah. no clothes, good as gold, right? That's what I'm saying. Oh, but don't wow. you think that, like, a loom is faster to produce, like, a yard of fabric? If we're talking 
what is it, dollars to donuts? Horseshoes and hand grenades? <laughs> We're talking about, I need to make one yard of rectangle fabric. Do you think you could knit that faster or loom it faster? For sure, right? Um, we're talking the same... Same, yeah, so it's just one yard, yard square. Yeah. Um, I think starting out at the very beginning and all you're making is a yard square of fabric, you could probably knit it faster because you have to string the loom, which takes a lot of time. But if you right. wanted to make a ton of fabric, like, you know, one foot by ten feet, it would be yeah. faster to weave it mm. than to knit it. Okay. Thank you for that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Totally if you want to make a large quantity of fabric. Yeah. But once you set it up, you can just go forever. Until you run out of it. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Good. But if you want to knit a small amount of fabric, if you want to make a small amount of fabric quickly, knitting would be faster. Hmm. Makes sense. So, crocheting would be even faster than that. Oh. Well, there you go. Hmm. Okay. It, it does spike crochet. We don't know. We don't know. Well, he said knitting specifically, so it we're going to go with knitting. Yeah. Um, do so you agree that Spike might knit? Or you like to think that Spike might knit? I mean, he called them knitting needles and not, which like, right. knitting right. hooks or something, okay. which people do. Hooks? Yeah, they're knit needles. Well, I mean, I guess they are. They no, like crochets the, are hooks. Crochet. Yes, oh, Jesus. Crochet well, they have, like, a little hooks. hook on them, but they're still a needle. I'd call them a needle. No, that's for crochet. Yeah. yeah. Knitting needles are literally just, just sticks. sticks. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, you literally just need two sticks, yeah. and you just, can knit. Yeah. Just take me out. And you just need one stick to make yarn and two <laughs> sticks to make fabric. Oh my God. This or is one stick so... with a hook on it. I know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we go to wow. you for world yeah, no, no. news and, no. and I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I wish I, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, do you think Spike has any other hobbies? I'll open that to the group. Watch Passions. That's Love soap operas. Oh, unless you're in um, Belinda Blinks, watching television is not a well, hobby. Right, right. That's true. That doesn't count as a hobby. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, uh, poetry. He loves poetry, right. Right? right? Yes, totally. Do you think he's kept that up? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you oh, think, he's totally Especially about his weird corner. feelings just, about Buffy. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, he wrote that down. He wrote down that dream for sure. It made it Amazing. horrible. Just horrible, yeah. I do kind of wish we'd stumble across him, like, writing so furiously yeah. in, like, a dog-eared journal. <laughs> that would be fun. I, actually, I'm surprised that we don't do that. Because or even, like, Once I More With Feeling would have been a fun, uh, like, when he starts singing and stuff, if he was, like, writing poetry or something. And, like, we're, it's almost like oh. his poetry's coming to life as the song. I think mm. now it's canon that that was a poem that he had. That was not off the cuff. Yeah. That was <laughs> well, I, I know, I know. But... He's actually started writing that poem right now, the one he's going to sing later. Yes. Yeah. Really honed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, it's a great mm-hmm. song. But, no, yeah. I don't know what else he could possibly do. I mean, he's in a crypt with, like, apparently electricity, right? I mean... It Doesn't seems like internet, he likes gambling. So. Does that count as a hobby? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. He loves the idea of money, but he doesn't seem to Maybe make a lot of money. Yeah. Mm. I think that you know one of his hobbies was definitely hunting, right? Like killing people. And Drusilla. And now he can't do that. Okay, Drusilla. That's a whole that's whole a lot, lot you got to deal with. Okay. So I, I, so without the killing, and they even make the joke like, he's getting weird without the killing. I think that's, that's true. That would take up a lot of your time, stalking, toying with people, you know. Hard life being a vampire. Super hard life. Mm. We find out in this episode that the initiative is still around. Big deal. Who? The initiative. In some oh, the form, initiative. the initiative is still around. Can be summoned by a phone call. Not even a phone call. I disagree. Oh, okay. I disagree. That, that did not happen. That what didn't happen? Buffy did not summon the initiative. She was talking into a dead phone line. <laughs> okay. So you think that Grandma had already oh, had it in the yeah. words? He sort of. specifically, he made it clear in the conversation he had with Riley at the basketball court, this is not the first time we've come to find you. Oh. oh. So oh. this has been a 
repeated thing that Graham's come and Riley's like, ugh, this again. So I don't think that Buffy talking into the phone changed anything. <laughs> hmm. I like that. There was a clicking noise on well, the and phone. I said, so what was that? So I said, um, you know, really, Dawn needs props in this episode. Cause she's she's the one that saved Riley's life. It's true. true. Because Riley already knew he was in trouble. He did. Graham yeah. had already clear. told him. Yeah, that's a fair point. You need surgery. Yeah. And the only reason why it happened is because Buffy knew about it and she wouldn't have known unless Dawn was messing around with that heart thing. Stethoscope. Stethoscope. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dawn. Um, so. Dawn's important. She is. For Saves this. Riley's life. Yay. Yay. That but. was a great scene. I liked I liked how they, the, the sound was going out. That was really well yeah, done, cool. too. I thought they were going to cut the audio almost completely so you just didn't know anything about Joyce's mm-hmm. condition. Which would have been maybe better. I, well, I don't know. I well, guess it was kinda... it was a clever way to yada got it. Right? Yeah, like yeah. we don't really know. She's been low blood sugar. Who but even it? listening to it, yeah, you're like, oh, there's not really anything. Right. Like, which is good. Which like, is good. Yeah. Very very clever the show. Oh dear, is the enormous whole monitor sick? Tell me, is he gonna die? He is not the only person that can die. Hey. So, so far, um, right now, I think that Graham is on the paintball team, and he just wants Riley to be on his paintball team. <laughs> And that's much more important to be yeah, on the paintball so. team than to do be have a girlfriend. Honestly, Riley, you don't Paintball's like girls. Really cool. You don't like girls, Riley. I mean, I think that we we should bring up that you know, Riley's, Forrest. Riley's downward spiral happened after his boyfriend died. There's a one to one. I mean, he would not be like this if Forrest was still around. No. Stand down before I put you down. You heard the man, Eddie's. I have another question for you. <laughs> And man, am I excited to hear your answer? An- answer? Answer. Answer. Station, because you just constantly surprise me. Okay. If Spike had actually gotten his chip removed in this episode, twofold question to both of you, but Station first. One, would he have gone to try to kill Buffy immediately? Immediately. I mean, she crashed the party, so yes, I guess. But two ish, would Buffy have killed him? It's a good question. I'm not sure. I guess what I would say is that there's that trope that, like, hate and love are, like, two sides of the same coin. And he starts off the episode by saying, like, I will know your blood slayer. And being, like, overly dramatic about wanting to kill Buffy. And it's clearly because he's obsessed with her. I will know your blood slayer. I will make your neck my chalice. And drink But I don't know if until he has that dream that it's, like, crystallized into, like... That's what these feelings are. Well, crystallized into, like, I want her, not I want to kill her. He just knows he has, like, he can't stop thinking about her. And he's mad that he can't get her out of his mind and that she seems to be everywhere that he is. So I don't know if in that moment he would have killed her or not. But I definitely think he was already having weird feelings and he didn't know what to do with them. Do you think Buffy would have killed him if it came down to it? Um, I mean, she's tried before and failed. <laughs> would you say that's also because she's harboring feelings oh, for him no. or just like no, because no. he's wily? I don't. I mean, it's weird because I feel like on some level she seems to have these like consistent vampires that she runs into over and over again and she knows exist, but she doesn't go out of her way to kill them like consistently. So I don't really know why she only seems to kill random baby vampires that sort of pop out of the ground in cemeteries. Um, 
in their but suits. Even before good. even before Spike got his chip when he was around, she wasn't like actively every night hunting him. No. Which is funny because there's a line in this episode that kind of struck a chord with me because of that, where he's talking to Harmony and he's like, she will hunt you down yeah. until you're too tired to fight back well, or whatever. And it's like, not mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. No, she kind of just lets them go. So that's mm-hmm. why I thought, like, I, lo- I love that line, that line I was going to bring up later. But I love that because Fool for Love is coming up. Right. And it's like, if we are to believe, because we'll get explanation about, like, him killing a slayer, right? right I mean, for too. the first time. Yeah, two of them, right? Because we get the flashbacks and everything. I think that that's basically setting that idea up. Like, you become obsessed with them. And I don't know if you ever fell, fell in love with Nikki. But, uh, no, it was the idea. But it was it the could idea be of like, implied. This it could have happened. This is the biggest predator out there for, right. of us. I'm going to go. But maybe them. he loved that so much that when it's happening again to him this time, he's like, holy shit, maybe I was in love with her. And maybe, like, I'm in love with this whole, this whole thing. Yeah, but I love that line because yeah, you're right. She definitely does not hunt him down like that. But that is certainly what the Slayer is supposed to do. And I think that turns Spike on. I think Spike is like, yeah, this is great. Like living on the edge of life like that. That's me. I'm I mean, Spike. She's thinking that's about what me. I do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so Harmony obviously is a joke, and that's all very funny that he would say. But I think he's being very serious when he says that. Oh, totally. And I think we just don't know yet until we see Full for Love that we're like, oh yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole bigger universe of what the Slayer means. Would Spike kill Buffy? I think that in that moment, he, yeah, I think he would have. Hmm. Because he killed her in Fool for Love. I think that because I mean, he didn't he did, get to do it. He did it, go to kill her, right? He went to go by there and couldn't. Because he didn't do it, he got to have reflection on it and he thought, I don't want to kill her. I want to fuck her. That's what I want. <laughs> oh, so th- I know. But that is what <laughs> happened. So I, I think that that's because he couldn't do it. Whereas when he killed Nikki, it was like, I'm a vampire. Like, this is what we do. I feel, <laughs> yeah. Well, just like, I mean, God, imagine the exhilaration of something like that. You know what I mean? That would be fucking amazing. I mean, he leapt at her. He tried to bite her throat. Yeah. He just physically couldn't. So Buffy, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I don't think Buffy has any feelings for him. I think Buffy would kill him. If, if it came down to really doing it, she would do it. But he's a character on a TV show, so he can't die. He's there. And that's yeah. the hardest part of it all. It's right. like, you know, if he was expendable and the the writer said he was expendable, then yeah, it would totally make sense that she killed Spike. Spike, I just saw you taste your own nose blood. You know what? I'm too grossed out to hear anything you have to say. Go home. It's blood. It's what I do. And this has been kind of meandering and all over the place already, but um, I figured that we could go ahead and let you know that we're a real podcast. You can find us everywhere at beatmepod.wordpress.com. Hey, guess what that is? That's our website. It'll have all kinds of fun things like show notes. So if you hear a song played during our episode, you're like, hey, what's that song? Hey, it'll be right there in the show notes for you. Beatme.wordpress.com. You can also find us at beatme on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, you know, social meds. And if you're into music, as I said. Unfortunate. We go through the pains of making a Spotify playlist for you that contains not only every song that's in this podcast that you're listening to now, but also all the songs that are played on this TV show about the Vampire Slayer, like Nickelback's song Breathe, which is played during the epic basketball scene in this episode. So really? Enjoy that, friends. Wow. Anyway. What's the name of the playlist? Oh, yeah. That would be helpful to find it. It's Beat Me hyphen Funtime Playlist for podcast fans. Season 5. So please subscribe. Anyway, even though we've yelled a lot, there's always time for more. So why don't we yell about some stuff? Stacia, what do you have to say? 
shining spot of brightness in this episode was Harmony. As almost always. She's great. Um, and I, I I love that she's convinced that Buffy's after her, but when she says, she won't give up until she's killed me to death, yeah. was especially Harmony-rific. Harmony is great. Smoking a cigarette was just iconic. It's so funny. It's the cover of our episode logo. So, Yeah. Uh, Spike, when he says, it's blood. It's what I do. After licking his own nose blood. So that sent me on a little spiral. I was like, okay, Ooh. could vampires just suck their own blood? Right. And Come on. It's so good. Easy. Obviously. Easy? What do you mean? Easy yes or easy no? Easy yes. I mean, God, you could live on your blood for I know, how long. See, that's the thing. Okay. How long do you have to eat? How much do you have to eat? Right. I mean, it seems like sometimes they go a long time. But, okay, so... One, it'd be an act of masochism, right? To drink your own blood, you're draining your own life force quite literally. Two, fictional characters, so this is all moot, but we can't take that approach because what the fuck is the point of anything if we take that approach? Three, how much blood do vampires even have? Blood is the whole thing they need to take others because they don't Spike have Spike gets an erection, so he does have some blood. Right, yeah. And we, we've definitely established on Buffy, that it's, Angel has wounds, like... It, yeah. Vampires do bleed. Okay, so that's fine. Clearly, in this episode, he bleeds. Do you think that there's when they eat the blood and it just stays in their body? Does have like blood? Who knows? It's like ah, sometimes I gotta bloodlet. The physiology. We don't talk about it. But I found an interesting answer on Wiki Answers or whatever Cora Cora because they liken it to auto cannibalism, right? So in theory, if you could eat your own arm, you know, all wounds and catastrophizing and cannibalism aside. If you ate your own arm, theoretically, the nutrients that you would derive from your own arm, even if you could, would not help you regrow your own arm, right? So there would be less of you every time, no matter what. So that would be the same kind of thing. Sure, he could drink his own blood to satisfy him continuing to live. No, I don't think so. He's probably just like the rest of us. Taste of blood. You're like, "Mm, you you know, it's fine. It's got that metallic taste, you know. I mean, as anybody who's tasted blood, it's yeah. like weird. You're like, oh, this is strange. And that's probably all it was. He's just like, oh, yeah, I don't. Even I think drink blood, and also like, oh, it's my blood. Oh, I mean, wouldn't weird. it be weird if like food came out of you though? Yeah, that is. I mean, uh, yes. I, mean, I don't know. Like, if you got cut and you just started like oozing chocolate cake. Yeah, or you sneeze in a chicken wing. <laughs> yeah, that would be more. Would you eat it? Would you eat it? I mean, yeah. if I was alone. <laughs> that's right how many people are watching that's true uh, I wouldn't eat it on the record yeah, exactly why why would Riley tackle Buffy to the concrete ground as a ha huh, isn't it fun that we're girlfriend and boyfriend isn't it neat He's wasn't that extreme losing in the mind. training yeah room? just fucking on tackles her straight it's into because the he's trying concrete. to dominate her yeah yeah I know but it's extreme he's losing his mind Extreme. Related to the harmony is the shining brightest part of, spot of this episode is when Spike says, is it a sodding bread box when oh they're playing God. with 20 questions? So good. Okay. Is it bigger than a bread box? No. Four left. So it's smaller than a bread box? <laughs> no. Only three. Harmony, is it a sodding bread box? Yes! Oh my God! Someone's blonde bear is a 20 question genius. So cute. And I like that they did the jump cut where they could have, and I think have previously cut to them having sex. Instead, they went to <laughs> doing a ridiculous right, yes, 20, game yes. of 20 questions. Which was fantastic. Yes. No, the best jump cut in this was, well, I was just saying, best the jump flashlight. cut was the flashlight. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So we got the idiot of the flashlight. <laughs> 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 or doofus of the flashlight. Yeah. Excellent. Incredible. Thank you, Willow and Tara, non-characters, showing up for a couple laughs. But she was a... She, being Amber Benson, was around long enough to be absolutely fucking gorgeous in the Magic Box. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
uh, outfits aside, because all we do is sabotage her wardrobe-wise, but looks great. She's just allowed to be over there. Mm-hmm. Go to the corner. A glowing beacon of light. Until a few episodes from now, then you get a, you get some more stuff. Oh, I feel like a witch in a magic shop. Spike's abs are airbrushed on. Oh my no god! No way! I never noticed this before, and I never really thought about it. But clearly, James Marsters' abs are a fi- feature oh. fixture of this show. But they are a hundred percent airbrushed on. Now, don't get me wrong; the guy is fit, and we take every opportunity to rip his shirt off when we can because yes. Mm-hmm. But they are like you can see the brown paint on the side of his body. Nice. It's intense, and I just like feel a little light too. <laughs> what, we're, what we're doing is we're creating unrealistic beauty standards for men, as we always do with women, and it's just not fair. The man has abs. He has something to work with. If he didn't, it wouldn't be ripping his shirt off every five seconds. So why did not just give the guy, just let it, let it roll? Let's give him a break. Maybe give him a the break. airbrushing? Holy no. crap. I want to talk about Riley's room. Where is Riley? Okay, so I, w- I lost my fucking mind the second this I happened. Knew. Because this is not, okay. We've already seen his house or his his apartment. His apartment at right, the dorm, right? right? But like in this season, have we seen Riley at his dorm in this season? I thought so because no, we definitely have because I noticed the Formula One poster again, or it had changed or something. We saw his house in his uh, dorm in Little House as it was in season four. I'm pretty sure in this season already. So he has moved. Not only has he moved, he's moved to what appears to be a shop window. And I don't understand. No, I see it as he's in an apartment. This is his balcony. He's got – anyways, let's break it down. He's got a bike. He's got a baseball bat up against the window and a stack of newspapers. His bed is crooked as fuck. He's got a trunk at the yep. back of the thing. The bed, because they've been having so much sex, is off its mooring. So oh, it's off yeah, the box yeah. spring. The It's too far away from the side table. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. You're trying to get some water, like that's a KFC cup. She's oh never gonna god. reach. I didn't even realize that's KFC so right there. So far, oh god, it is KFC. Jesus Christ, <laughs> what is what is what happening here? What a haunting Colonel Chicken or whatever his name <laughs> is. Colonel <Curdle> Chicken, <laughs> Sanders, Colonel <laughs> Chicken, Colonel Chicken. Uh, it's so far away, can't handle it. I uh, got a bunch of books. He's probably never read. I love the boom box. A trophy for what? A trophy for what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and and then a phone. He's apparently got a phone and a TV off off uh, that we can't see. That Buffy picks up the phone. What a weird thing. I don't. I don't. One hundred percent agree with you. You would have to find proof that he that we've been to lost. I don't think we've done it. I think that, that well, that's it, we what ended. I lost my mind at first left. when we even watched this. Like when the, when they first show us, everyone's like, "Low House definitely doesn't exist." The yeah. initiative was underneath it, and it was like. But maybe it could still exist. Why? In fact, it behooves the initiative for it still to exist because we can say it was just this house all along. So, okay, whatever. But this is absolutely not the same place regardless. Yeah, I don't think we went to Lowell House. Yeah. I think that this is. We, we just assume he left because everyone left. We all moved on. It's but I like the, your, your generous take of it being like a balcony with those giant windows. But, man, it's definitely some unused space somewhere on that soundstage that they turn into a well, fake-ass apartment yes. because that looks like the facade of a, a shop to At me. least they lighted it. Outside, it looks like the sun out there. So anyway, I just want to talk about Buffy. But holy shit, yeah, the bed being askew. What is that? Sex. Oh yes, of course. I mean, where does the bed? I guess it would go there because there's the door right there. Yeah, is that a closet? I I don't even. Yeah, no, there's a closet behind his bed. That so that's how he gets to the closet. To. He makes puts his crooked bed. But that's I mean, if you move the bed, so you have to have sex that on the way. Bed. The bed will move. Eventually. The bed would get blocked by the bookcase. Yeah. Who knows? I think he just has enough sex and then it moves and then he can get in the closet. Thank God he came over and we had this rousing bout of sex. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to change this my shirt. Bout of sex. <laughs> God. 
S-E-X. Sex. What kind of memory are the monks giving Dawn where she thinks... I like chicken fingers with mustard when I'm sick. She's a psychopath. I mean, what the fuck are you pumping in this poor girl's fucking head? Yeah, they had to have programmed that into the memory bank. That's incredible. I'm glad Why? that you keep bringing that back. Why? I never they, no one questions it. So they're all like, yeah, I remember that time I had to make fucking chicken wings because mom accidentally made like pizza on the stove. Uh, because she's terrible at being a mom. So then I had to make chicken wings um, the first time she had an aneurysm years ago. <laughs> oh I hope it's a funny aneurysm. And she learned how to make those pizzas on the stove from Ted, the robot. Never Ted, forget never which forget. Don was around for. Which Don oh was around God. for. Don was there. <laughs> she was eating. She was called a little Missy. Pizzas. Yeah, she was called little Missy and little lady. threatened with her little life. Lady. Little lady. Yes. Yeah. Littlest lady. Xander and Anya need to go check the docks. Where Riley has never been. We've never seen Riley at the docks. Why did they send them to the docks? I don't know. I don't know. Did you notice Tara's posture at the Magic Box? It was, like, upsettingly good. And that, I think that would, like, there's subtle things they do to make her different than everyone else. And I don't know if they do it on purpose or it's just, like, Amber Benson just sits really straight. I don't know. But, like, it's little things that make her. She's not the same as the group. She's different from the group because she sits unnaturally straight in her chair at all times oh. and like obviously we're about to do family in two episodes that highlight like she's different from everyone else but I wonder if those are I wonder if that's just like Amber Benson sits that way or they're like intentionally trying to make her look more rigid and different than everyone else yeah. it was just shocking how straight she was sitting I don't think it could be that shocking because neither of us know this. No, and so it's just called good posture. And you might be jealous. I'm jealous. Well, do, I love good posture, Obviously, I can't do it. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised you're saying that because when I think of Tara, I think of her having bad posture. Like slouching. And- yeah, she definitely well, I, I feel like her hair is always, or her face sure. is like always yeah, yeah, forward okay. and her hair is in her face because she's sort of doing this like hunching down. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that that's a character trait of hers necessarily, but they did it in this scene. And like, that's why, I, I, was it? her choice was it amber benson's just subconsciously doing or they're like make yourself look different than everyone else right now to show just subtly how i you're doubt different. they thought that much ahead <laughs> i don't think they I could really don't think they that was That's not <laughs> and she was to believe that they did that <laughs> that was absolutely wow. not an easter egg <laughs> they've already forgotten she's a demon <laughs> Oh, That's yeah. incredibly true. I forgot she had to do. <laughs> wow. Final one. Final That's because it doesn't matter and she's not. not. <laughs> Willow says, you can't possibly be arguing that Murray didn't betray the French revolutionaries. Yes. This was a guy who oh, declared yeah. the rights of man. And then Buffy says, Will, you're totally missing my point. Now, I agree that Murray wasn't a real martyr, but the death in the tub, the neck wound, all the blood. Just a little more fangy than knifey. I mean, Charlotte Corday wasn't a real martyr either, but. Buffy. What? Listen to us. We're arguing. We're having a debate about a college lecture. I have dreamt of this day since forever. You are turning into quite the student. Should I be watching my occipital lobe? Your what? Occipital. The lobe in the back of your brain. You know, like, should I be watching my back? But, you know, the back of your brain. Apparently not. First of all, Rights of man. So she says he declared a rights of man. This is not like bankruptcy. You can't just declare. I declare rights of man. Can't do that. They're talking about the declaration of the rights of man and of the citizen. That was not written by Murray, but Murray was definitely a big prominent French revolutionary at the time. Uh, but that was actually written by our boy Lafayette. Lafayette. With, with a little bit of input from Thomas Jefferson. So basically David Diggs wrote right. 
Rights of Man with a guy by the name of Abi Sia. Abi Sia. Abi Sia. When was this? This was 1789. And there was a big kerfuffle in France? It was called the French Revolution. Oh, yes. Speaking of the French Revolution, they wanted to overthrow monarchy. So King Louis gets guillotined. Which is a different person than the King of France. Or, no, that is the King of France. Then the King of England? England. Yes. (laughs) There are two separate. Anyway, all right. The French. France had a monarchy. Okay. They wanted to abolish the monarchy. Separate of England. Eng- France is a different country than <laughs> right, England. Right, okay, gotcha, gotcha. The main opposition to the monarchy are called the Jacobins. They were just a political club. And inside of the Jacobins, there were two main factions. The Girondins, and, which were a more moderate force. And uh, I'm going to butcher this, but the, Mon- the Montagars, which is the mountain. They were the mountain. Okay. So those are the two factions inside of the Jacobin um, faction, if you will, that were against the monarchy. Um, what they're referring to, Buffy and Willow, is something called the September Massacre. They thought that they were going to get invaded by Austria or Switzerland or where, whoever the fuck was going to invade them. So they decided that they're going to summarily execute 1,200 to 1,400 prisoners in the prisons of France so that they could not be conscripted into the enemy's army. That never happened, but a lot of people were not very stoked on that. Um, but it worked. So they, they held a national convention right afterwards, and France was declared a republic on September 22nd, 1792. The September massacre happened uh, September 2nd through the 7th, 1792. King Louis was arrested and was guillotined on the 21st of January, 1793. Marais... He was he was semi in favor of that, but he became more bloodthirsty as time went on. Marais started beefing with the Girondins uh, post the guillotining of the king uh, and calling them enemies of the Republic. And this was the beginning of the Reign of Terror, which you probably heard about, where everybody starts getting guillotined. So the two factions, the Girondins, if we think of them as more moderate and the, and the, um, the, mountain. the mountain as more left, like leftist. Um, they, the left was basically killing the Girondins. That was the reign of terror. Um, but he was arrested for advocating the death of Girondins. He was like, fucking kill them all. They're enemies of the Republic. The Moray guy. Uh, Moray, yes. Uh, and he was arrested and put before a tribunal. And then he was acquitted of all charges. However, he had a terrible skin condition. Some of it exasperated by staying in sewers for a long time because... <laughs> As things were popping off in France, he had to hide in sewers a lot. Because he was a vampire. That's where vampires go, sewers. Yes, and I love the fangy stuff, so we'll get to that in a minute. But anyways, he had a terrible skin condition. And he, because of this, he was, I I think, pretty self-conscious of it, but also I think it was debilitating. So he, in the end, after he was acquitted of all charges, he went back home, stayed home, got into some medicinal baths or whatever, and he's just hanging out, chilling. He kept writing, but by this time, Robespierre had sort of taken center stage. So Murray... Yes. So Robespierre is probably the most famous person from the French Revolution. He's the one that initiated the Reign of Terror. He's kind of the the, oh. the, the poster child of the Reign of Terror. Um, so at this point, we didn't need Marais anymore. So he was just kind of like screaming into a void. And Robespierre is hanging out over here. Enter this girl, this this just rando lady. Uh, what's her name? Charlotte, Charlotte Corday. She is just uh, from a region of France. And she just shows up one day looking for Marais. She wanted to murder him at the National Convention, Julius Caesar style, in front of everybody to set an example. She came from a royalist, a, a, 
all the royalist families were now pretty bankrupt because they took their money and their land because they're all, you know, just in, in line with the monarchy. All the lords and dukes and All stuff. that stuff. Yeah. Was, we're abolishing all that. So, yeah, so she's from a family like that. So she was a Girondin. She wanted, like, moderate changes but thought that, that something bad would happen. She wanted to kill him at the at the National Convention, did not do it. So she went into it to the home, to the home of Murray, and his wife let him up. She She didn't want... Him, her to come in, but he was like, "Yeah, come on, we'll we'll talk." And then he just basically badmouths the Girondins, and then she quote, uh, "This is from Wikipedia." Pulls out a five-inch kitchen knife, which she had bought earlier in the day, and brought it down hard on Murray's chest, where it pierced just under the right clavicle, opening the brachio brachiocephalic artery close to his heart. The massive bleeding was fatal within seconds. Damn. Um, but she uh, was immediately caught, obviously, because. She's in his house, so that's not a great look for her. But I love her letter that she wrote to her dad. She said, quote, forgive me, dear Papa, for having disposed of my existence without your permission. Jesus. And that's great. But I've avenged many innocent victims. I've prevented many disasters. The people one day disillusioned will rejoice in being delivered from a tyrant. That might not have totally been true. I mean, this is definitely a Julius Caesar type of thing. Like, you think that, like... This person is the cause of all the problems. And that's kind of it's very funny that she thought he was the mastermind behind the September uh, massacres because he was just sort of reading the room that everyone was reading, which was shit's getting really rough. Something is about to happen. She intoned that it was his fault, but other people could be blamed. Everyone can be blamed. It's just kind of the climate of the time. Her death actually did not help. It actually fed the flames of the reign of terror. It made people think that their pe- anybody entering their house are going to fucking kill them in their bathtub. Okay. So everybody just started guillotining everybody left and right. So, in fact, it made it worse. Um, she was guillotined herself four days later, uh, July 17th, 1793, for murder. Fun fact. Two fun facts for you. One fun fact. You you know. I mean, I'm sure we, we've all heard that when you get guillotined, uh, the, the conventional wisdom is that your brain is still conscious for a couple of seconds. Oh, right. Sure. Right. So it comes from this beheading. So when she was beheaded, uh, some dude picked up her her head right after it happened, like literally the second after and smacked her. And um, Camus later on uh, talks about how she blushed. But in the moment, people actually wrote that her expression changed from like just kind of shock or whatever your face does when you die to, quote, unequivocal indignation. So she made a she made a twitching, you know, whatever it was. Whoa. So she was still alive to feel the slap or whatever. Wow. Fun fact number two, she was dug up immediately after to prove that she was a virgin. And she was a virgin. Aww. Why do we need to know that? Because they wanted to know if she was sleeping with anybody, because that would have proved that she, as a woman, could not have thought of this assassination on her own. She was vehement that she, this was all her, only her. And I think history has pretty much bored that out because it's crazy you kill this guy and you're just like in his house <laughs> post-death uh Murray eventually became a martyr for a minute as the mountain sort of ascended uh to the to the heights of uh, political power um he became a martyr for the cause at his, his elegy during his funeral um or whatever you want to call it he's put in the pantheon which is reserved for the the greatest of french citizens uh he was compared to jesus quote like jesus Murray loved ardently the people and only them like jesus Murray hated kings nobles priests rogues and like jesus he never stopped fighting against those plagues of the people but then the tides eventually turned uh, statues were torn down he was tossed out he had to be buried somewhere else literally a couple of years later and when the nazis invaded in 1941 they um specifically found a bust of him 
and all of the people like him, and they melted it down uh, for the bronze, the bronze bust. They melted down specific people mm. just to make a point hundreds of years later. Uh, and then the bonus uh, is Robespierre. So uh, as they're walking out, Robespierre was the coolest. Buffy, you're kidding, right? So Robespierre, poster child of, you know, he's just the head of the mountain. He's a Jacobin. Uh, he was executed himself a couple of years later, July 28th, 1794. Uh, they established something called the Directory to try to, like, stop the violence. That happened for four years. And then you know that they changed the names of the months, right? So they set up a whole new calendar. Why? So during Because we're in a revolutionary time. Okay. We don't need to be behind the Roman calendar anymore. Sure, sure. So Brumaire is actually November. So on the 18th of Brumaire of November 1799, uh, Napoleon came to power. So there was a coup that happened. Uh, and it was uh, backed up by uh, our dude, uh, Abby uh, Seya, who wrote the Declaration of Rights of Man. So he was instrumental in bringing back the monarchy because Napoleon was coronated king on December 2nd, 1804, ending the French Republic and beginning the French Empire. And a couple of years after that, things kind of cooled down and then Buffy Summers was born on January 19th, <laughs> 1981. So... Wonderful. Yeah. And R.I.P. Sunnydale High because it's the last time we'll ever see it. Anyway. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that should have been a. I, guess I wrote it in first. my first. I did. I wrote it. It was the first. It's got to be like a last. And then I just didn't say it. Did I not say the thing before it either? First. Mm. Who knows? Again, no, you I did not say it. Myself. It doesn't. Oh, matter. yeah. First time we see Ben and the last time we see Sunnydale oh, High wow. was supposed to be the wow. follow up to that. Anyway. Yeah. So R.I.P. R.I.P. Just the French Revolution. The French Revolution. Yeah. R.I.P. Sunnydale High. But you know you don't belong here, right? This town? I mean, you're nothing here. Hey. Uh, I'm going to need an update on the watches because I'm curious after our fight in the last episode. Mm, I, I saw it. I saw it. Um, okay, good. We're good. I need, I need to know. We're good. Standard construction outfit. Uh, he didn't wear one, but he's doing construction. Counts. 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 Yeah, carpentry is pretty cool. Rune jacket watch, hard. Okay. Dawn's piercing screams, no. Chips Ahoy, yes, the entire episode hinges upon it. Mm-hmm. Buffy has a personality, yes. We see more of her room. In addition to Escher and Big Head Todd and John Prine, we've also got a band called Angry Salad. Sure do. They are an alt-rock band from Rhode Island. Oh, that was from Boston, but sure. 1993 to 2001. All they're known for is they have a, an album with the, the joke, the gardening accident, freak gardening accident from Spinal Tap, which is funny because that just got referenced uh and and they're known for covering bob dylan's my back pages um as a theme song for a show called dc which aired on the wb from april 2nd to april 23rd 2000 <laughs> they had five unaired episodes yeah. and it starred uh, mark paul gossler from Yeah, yeah. So they're they're known for literally two covers. So Buffy having a personality, technically yes, but really no. And literally uh, zeros on the rest. De Hoffren, Sandy, Michael Wicket, Amy Goth, Books a Million, I can't think of one. Streets Ahead, nothing. Giles, fuck that one. Zero, nothing. Thank you so much for the update. And thank you for realizing the color of jackets. Because this one, we're just gonna, like the last one, fight, definitely counts. But finally... It is time to rank this sucker. Let's bring it all back home. 
Willow Hacks, we talk about the net slash something wicked this way comes. We do get the Fiat Lux spell, so I will give her one point for that, so six. And we get a little bit more in the, oh, Willow is abusing magic. Like, just like the very know, little baby. I know, that's good. Because Tara's like, uh, I tell you a little light, you're overdoing it. But don't you appreciate it, Tara? Don't you appreciate it? So we can get the lulls of the jump cut with Buffy using the flashlight? Right, don't you? That's right. Or Tara's like, yeah, I do. Currently being gaslit. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Giles. Level of Giles. Like everyone else in this episode, he gets relegated to the background. So I'll have to give him the benefit of the doubt that while we don't see him much at all, he's doing his Gilesy best. I give him a second. I mean, he, he did make up the magic box. He, made, he Yeah, he made the training room. He, not only this is the first Giles, this is what the Giles' own magic box looks like scene. We also get the training room for the first time, which is definitely something we'll use for the rest of the this, this series. So Yeah. Well, or until the magic boxes explode at the end of season six. But still, I think that's important. So seven. Seven. Okay. So Riley ruins everything slash Joyce is a terrible mom. Now. Joyce made pancakes. When she meant to make omelets, but still not burnt pancakes. Um, She fell over in the kitchen. Tough look for her. (laughs) (laughs) Tough look for her. Watch her footing. She's having problems. Uh, I say Joyce is a totally fine mom. In this episode, okay? And here's why. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right response. I'm a little on the fence about the line, you are growing up, aren't you? In response to her daughter wasting an entire box of cereal to get the prize. I don't know how just getting the prize <laughs> versus eating the cereal makes you more of a grown-up, but still. Less. Less sure. of a grown-up. Still. She, uh, she offers... Don the omelet that she clearly was making for herself, but she gives half of it to Don anyway because her daughter wants the eggs. And then, after her her health scare, Don is like, "I like chicken fingers when I'm not feeling well," and she's like, "Sure, I'll make some for us." No problem. But she needs to rest. She does. She. She's not going to. She has this. She has a scare. Okay. So I think Joyce. If Joyce and Riley are the category, which they are, Joyce is the only one saving this one because Mm. Riley. We're scraping the bottom of the gosh dang barrel here. The basketball montage, need I say more? Uh, he this, dunked. He dunked. The scariest thing I've ever had to do is love you. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, I don't City. know why that's scary. And rock punching. I mean, the rock punching thing is in. in and I also blame Bailey Chase's terrible acting slash Graham being a character on Riley as well. So he's. Yeah. It's all his fault. Uh, Lucas can't save Graham. No, I mean, can't. Jesus Christ. That Nothing guy can is save him. so bad. Uh, yeah. So four. Between Joyce and Riley, they managed to get a four. And that's mostly Riley bringing down the ship on that one. Joyce I'm going to blame Graham, but that's okay, yes. <laughs> Monster of the Week, is it Spike and Harmony? Is it the Initiative? Is it Heart Conditions? I don't know who the villain is. And because of my confusion, <laughs> I gave it a five. Yeah, I don't know what the problem is here. Five. I can't yeah. say it's good or bad. Relationship goodness or badness, however, everyone seems great. Willow and Tara better than ever. Xandra and Anya not relevant. Except for the gaslighting, yeah. yeah. Oh, that hasn't happened yet. No, it did. No, it didn't. She's like, you like this. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> like being able to see. You like being able to Say see. Say you like, like being I, able to see. She's like, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> I guess I thought I didn't like it. But you're right. It shouldn't happen, but I do.
but obviously Buffy and Riley having their problems brings it but down that's a little good. bit for seven. Oh, no, that's bad. Yeah. Okay. Oh, seven. Wow, this is... Yeah. Do we have anything else to say about Buffy and Riley that hasn't been said? No one cares, right? No. No. Relationship good goodness and badness, seven. That's wow, what yeah, all that conversation right. amounted to. Holy moly. Uh, episode specific. This is a tie between the sound of Spike falling into an open grave. That was good. And literally everything Bailey Chase Graham says. Uh, I guess specifically, forget it. Apologize later if you're not dead. <laughs> Five out of ten. <laughs> it's really hard for me to pick. Uh, 34 overall, 404 for the season. Right behind the replacement. And so far, my rankings have been in the order of the episode. So Dracula's number one. Wow, wow. number two. Replacement my number three. And now we have number four and number four. Wow. Stacia, what was your name? We understand how numbers work. <laughs> I just, you know, just in case. <laughs> mm, I ranked the 69 out of 82. Nice. Third of the season. 69 out of 82. Yeah, yeah, that feels right. That yeah. feels fine. I mean, not that you need us to validate your ranking. No. I'm just, I was, like, 69 seems high because I was thinking of the series, but. Definitely below Dark yeah. Age, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, way, way below, below Dark Age. Thank Deserving. you for asking But above the question. replacement because... Goodness gracious. Seriously. Yeah, Jesus. Two Anders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what could be worse than one? <laughs> wow. Uh, this was, uh, yeah, not not great. Uh, and talking about it more makes me want to take it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to put it at 110. I don't usually look at my rankings, but I, I looked at like all the rankings we've done so far and there's a huge gap at the bottom like between like 115 to like 125 there's like eight of those slots open and mm. i don't know what's gonna possibly fill it but you know what this this is gonna fill one of them nice <laughs> so i'm gonna put this at 121 great call great call that feels good yeah, yeah. yeah. because while it's fun and the quality in season five is so much better than everything in season one through three, pretty much. Um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shade on on our writer. I actually genuinely enjoyed watching it, and I have no problems. But it just not, there's no point to it. It's whatever. Fuck this shit. I really Let's a lot of the blame on. is Bailey Chase. Like he just fucked this up. And just more initiative stuff, man. It's like last mm-hmm. year. It's just like right. every time we keep doing this. Until stuff. Riley leaves, we're still mired in season four, basically. Yeah. Which I do respect the way that they do it. I think that it's a because f- you got to get him off the show, and and if we don't want Buffy to be. Or, or or him to just break up randomly. It is nice that it's like, you know, you give him back his little military parade or whatever. Like, it does make sense that he would choose that over Buffy. So I just wish we did All you had to do was emasculate him real quick. What are you, Mission's boyfriend? And then, oh, wait, what? I'm not Mission's boyfriend. I am the mission. And then. It's not fast enough, Kelly, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> if they just did it faster, then we'd be out of this mess. But, uh, yeah, this one's tough. I just miss our friends. I just wish we had more time with our with our friends. So is it one twenty one? One twenty one. Yeah, quite low. Out of one thirty seven. One thirty seven, according to your numbers. Okay, correct. All right. Well, uh, I forgot the name of this fucking episode because I just don't. If you would have asked me at any point in out my of life, my mind, thank you. What the name of this episode is, I would have never been able to tell you. Out of my mind. In the books. All done. Thank you. Thank God. Jesus. Uh, Stacey, do you have anything else to say about this episode of television? No, thank you. Damn. Final thoughts? Yeah. No, I don't have any final thoughts. <laughs> uh, please join us for next episode, No Place Like Home, which will be much better than this one because what? guess who we get to meet? Glory. What's up? Oh, it's sweet. happening. What if I guess? The most benevolent, gooey, prescient one. I don't know. They say so many fucking things about her. Anyway, 
until then, thank you so much for listening. Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. I don't know. If you ask me, if the apocalypse comes beat me, names don't mean something. Goddamn right. See you next time. Thank you again. Goodbye! No. Oh my god, you're awake? Local anesthetic.